In June, after months of decline, new COVID cases in the U.S. hit their lowest numbers since the beginning of the pandemic. COVID restrictions were lifting, and it was finally starting to feel like things were getting back to normal. From a countdown party to midnight in West Hollywood, to setting fire to face masks in Huntington Beach, this is how some SoCal residents marked the state's first day of being fully reopened. Remember June 15th. Remember today. Because it is the day that New York rose again. But that feeling didn't last long. The rate of daily vaccination slowed, and not enough people got vaccinated in order to fully tamp down on the virus. Now, a more contagious and potentially more dangerous variant has pushed the country back into yet another COVID surge. Tonight, new misery in the metrics as the numbers trend in the wrong direction. So today, I am temporarily reinstating the Louisiana statewide mask mandate for all people, both vaccinated and unvaccinated. Mask requirements now back in effect indoors for most of the Bay Area. At the national level, trying to get the country back on track is Dr. Anthony Fauci, the chief medical advisor to the president. In an exclusive interview, he told us how we went from almost there to no end in sight. Now along comes the Delta variant and something changes. And this very efficient virus has exposed our vulnerability. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Thursday, August 5th. Coming up on the show, Anthony Fauci on how the Delta variant caught us unprepared and what we have to do to beat it back. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Anthony Fauci says there are two main reasons why COVID has reemerged in the country. Not enough Americans are vaccinated, and the new Delta variant is significantly more contagious than earlier strains. We are dealing with a different virus. We, several months ago, were talking about, as we get into the summer, hopefully, we could have enough people vaccinated that the, we wouldn't be in, a, in a, any real difficulty that we could start approaching normal at a rapid rate. Now along comes the Delta variant and something changes because of its transmissibility. The breakthrough infected vaccinated people now can transmit it to a vulnerable person, be that somebody outside who's unconnected with them, who's unvaccinated, or importantly, somebody in their own home. And that's why All of a sudden, you're talking about masking in schools, maskings in indoor settings, when before the CDC said, when you're in an indoor setting, you don't have to mask. Now, you modify and change because 
given this virus, when you're in an indoor setting in a geographic area that's a high or substantial level of virus, you have to wear a mask. Do you think that the CDC and local governments lifted mask recommendations and COVID restrictions too soon? You know, you could always do retrospective analysis and Monday morning quarterbacking. At the time that they lifted it, the level of Delta was extremely low, like a 1% or 2% or 3% or whatever it was. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was quite low. But didn't we know then that it still existed and it was more transmissible? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're right, Ryan. It, it, it is a justifiable criticism. And, and you know, and, and I it, it invariably have been one who, who goes along with the CDC guidelines and defends them publicly. You know, I often get criticized for that, but, but I, I defend them publicly. I think this is one in retrospect now. If you had to do it over again, I guess you would have said, well, you know, you kind of knew that the Delta variant was a dominant variant. It was sooner or later was going to take over. So there are people who understandably criticize and say, why did you do that in the first place? Well, it certainly contributes to this feeling that I think a lot of people have of just whiplash right now. We were on a path and now it seems like everything has changed. Right, right. We're hearing about breakthrough cases, instances where fully vaccinated people are contracting COVID. How dangerous is the Delta variant for the vaccinated? One thing we do know that it's still 96% to 93% to 91%, wherever multiple studies, it's in the cluster of the 90s, percent protective against hospitalization and death. So in reality, Ryan, the vaccine is doing exactly what you're asking it to do. What about long COVID? Is that something that vaccinated people still should worry about? Yes. In fact, there was a recent uh, short, small study that showed that if you are a vaccinated person and you get a breakthrough infection, you can get persistence of symptoms following the clearance of the virus, which by definition is long COVID. I would imagine it likely is not going to be as frequent or as severe as the long COVID of an unvaccinated person who's been sick for a considerable period of time, recovers and then has long COVID. I would be surprised if it were equivalent. And what does the Delta variant mean for unvaccinated people? Obviously, they're more likely to get it because it's more contagious. But is it more dangerous or more deadly? There were three studies, Ryan. Some were better than the other. I'm not going to name them. I don't want to offend anybody. But it. I would think looking at those studies, I think it suggests, it doesn't definitively prove, but it suggests that the Delta variant can be more severe, leading to more hospitalizations in mostly the unvaccinated people. One group of people that can't get vaccinated right now is children under 12. And there was also, I think, um, sort of common knowledge that children were less likely to be affected by COVID, if, even if they were teenagers. But now it seems like we're hearing a lot more anecdotes about kids getting severely sick with COVID and the Delta variant. Is Delta more dangerous for children? You know, 
when you screen hospitals or when you just get on the phone like I do with the people that I know, and I say, tell me what's in your hospital, they'll say, relatively speaking, there are more kids in the hospital now than there were six months ago. But the reason for that could be explained by the fact that, relatively speaking, the elderly are quite well vaccinated. When you look at the 12 to 19 who are eligible for vaccination, only about less than 40 or 40% of them are vaccinated, as opposed to the elderly, where 80% are vaccinated. So if you're having a lot of infection, mathematically, it just makes sense that now, in August, you are going to see more younger people than you did before. So when can children under the age of 12 get the vaccine? Brian, that's going to be a regulatory decision. What we are doing at NIH and what the companies themselves are doing, either alone or in collaboration with us, is to do what's called age de-escalation studies, studying kids from 11 to 9, from 9 to 6, from 6 to 2, and then from 6 months to 2 years. So we're already collecting the safety and the immunogenicity data to see what the right dose is. The younger, younger kids are going to get a smaller dose. The older ones will get one more comparable to the adults and to see what the level of response is. We will have that data probably as we get into the fall. However, that doesn't guarantee that the FDA is going to immediately allow kids to get vaccinated. And none of us ever want to get ahead of the FDA. So is it safe then to send kids back to school? Yes, because you can protect the children. So here's where, Ryan, you get a much debatable risk-benefit discussion. And it goes, you know it, but it goes like this. You've got to balance the risk to the overall welfare of the child by keeping them out of school doing virtual learning. We know that the deleterious effect on the mental health, the developmental milestones, the general well-being of the kids is much, much better and more favorable when they are physically present in the classroom. Therefore, we need to do everything we can to get them back in the classroom in September or the end of August, whenever the school starts, but to do it safely. So how do you do it safely? In the context of Delta or any other COVID-19 virus, you get as many people who are eligible to be vaccinated, vaccinated who surround the kids. That's teachers, that's staff at the school, and that's the kids in school who are eligible to be vaccinated. In addition to that, given the vulnerability of kids who are not vaccinated, the CDC has made a recommendation that everyone in the school system, children, teachers, and staff, should be wearing a mask in the school setting. 
We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. I want to ask about vaccines. The U.S. daily vaccination rate started off pretty strong, and then we got to that peak a few months ago where we were vaccinating about 3 million people a day. But that pace has slowed significantly, and now only about half of Americans are vaccinated. If the solution to get out of the pandemic is to get more people vaccinated, but a lot of people in this country don't want to get vaccinated, what can you do about it? Well, there are a few things that you can do, starting with the easier to the more controversial. So the easier is to make it as easy and accessible as possible, because not all, by any means, of the 93 million people who are eligible to be vaccinated are pure anti-vaxxers. Many of them still feel they want more information, or they think it's inconvenient or no one that they trust has really spoken to them. So how do you get them? First, you make it as easy as possible. The next thing is to get trusted messengers at the community core level. That could be a clergyman. That could be a physician or family doctor. That could be a sports figure or a peer through Instagrams, things I've done with people like Olivia Rodrigo and rap groups and things like that. That's the other thing you do. The next thing is when, and I think this will be a game changer, when the FDA finally makes the determination that this is a fully approved vaccine as opposed to a emergency use, you're going to see people who just on the basis of that alone are going to say, okay, now I trust it. Now I'm going to get vaccinated. But for the recalcitrant people, you're going to see a much greater confidence in local mandating. What do I mean by that? Big businesses are going to say, if you want to work for us, you got to get vaccinated. Cities like New York, are saying, if you want to go in a restaurant, <laughs> you got to show that you're vaccinated. So there's going to be a lot more confidence in local mandating on the basis of the cover that you're going to get from the FDA finally, fully approving the vaccine. I don't know when they're going to do it, and I can't put any pressure on them. 
and I won't put any pressure on them, but I hope that it happens in the next few weeks before we come to the end of August. There are a lot of people that are looking at this vaccine from a very conspiratorial mindset and believe a lot of this misinformation online that the vaccine is going to harm or kill them or is part of some, you know, plot. How do you reach those people? You know, the best way to counter misinformation and disinformation is by flooding the system with correct information. And that's what we're trying to do. Ask, uh, appeal to the people's reason and rationale. We're not dealing with stupid people. They just have a mindset that you're trying to get into and convince. So if they're worried about, in a conspiratorial way, that this vaccine does bizarre things, like is a chip in there or it causes you to be magnetized to, it just, it hasn't happened. There's been 300 million doses that have been given out here. We haven't seen that. The idea that it makes you sterile. Many, 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 many people who have been vaccinated have gotten pregnant or impregnated their sexual partner. Not a problem. What about the situation of pregnant women? It's bad for pregnant women. COVID-19 is infinitely worse for pregnant women and the fetus than any really rare adverse event among pregnant women. So you try to get them to essentially at least look at the facts. Don't reject the facts just, you know, out of hand. Just look at them and consider them. That's what we're hoping for. Do you think that we're going to need booster shots? I actually think you have to break it down into two categories. The booster shots for the immunocompromised, because I do not believe that they have ever gotten an adequate immune response for the most part. They are under-vaccinated from the get-go. So what you've got to do with them is as quickly as you can, as a physician... I feel we have an obligation to do that. For the otherwise healthy people, right at this moment, I don't think the evidence indicates we need to give them a booster shot. But my clinical opinion is that eventually we will have to give boosters to people. Right now, a lot of Americans who are vaccinated are making a lot of sacrifices for the people who still refuse to get vaccinated. People are wearing masks, we're avoiding social gatherings and seeing loved ones. At what point should people stop putting precautions in place and just let the people who refuse to get vaccinated suffer the consequences? You know, that is not, in my mind, a good public health approach. You know, it's almost blaming people for the fact that they may have absorbed misinformation or they may have been misled. So rather than abandoning them, I would hope to continue to outreach to them. Remember, once the virus continues to smolder, which it will do if we don't get the overwhelming proportion of that population 
vaccinated. If you just abandon them and say the heck with it, we're going to just let you get infected. What you're forgetting about is the vulnerability of the vaccinated people who get a very bad response, the transplant patients, the immunosuppressed, the cancer chemotherapy, the children who have not yet gotten vaccinated. They are vulnerable because there's infection among the unvaccinated. So you don't want to say abandon the unvaccinated because then you will leave the vulnerable vulnerable. The best way to solve the problem, which gets back to the really simple message that I must say 50 times a day, get vaccinated and we wouldn't be having this conversation. Great. Well, Dr. Fauci, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. It's good to be with you, Ryan. That's all for today, Thursday, August 5th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.